You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello everyone and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NRM Streamcast and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff and having fun while we learn. Of course, you can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah.gmail.com and of course I will answer as many as possible. So with the vaccine finally out there and hopefully people getting the vaccine, I must say Michigan is not as good as other places. Being a teacher, no one has contacted me yet, but... We did want to talk about a very vulnerable population, people I talk to all the time, our seniors, what's been happening. So we are joined today by Karen Redlich, CEO, owner at Senior Direct New York, or NY. She is, that was a long list of stuff, skilled in stress management, life transition, psychotherapy, elder care, all kinds of good stuff. Karen, how are you today? Baruch Hashem, how are you? (laughs) Well, the weather is gorgeous. I walked into the studio without a coat, which means there's no snow on the ground. But otherwise, we're great. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much. Good. So I always start out, um, who is Karen Redlich? So Karen Redlich is a mother, a wife, a friend, a sister, a daughter, and a social worker, and an entrepreneur. All wrapped up in one. And I, and, right. I, I, and I love the order, of course, and I'm sure uh, the children appreciate mother being in there. So now that we know you have, you know, a lot of those jobs are all the same, right? You know, they just have right. different titles. When, you, when you're in the workforce, they give it fancy, you know, long uh, letters behind the name. When it's just mother, which we love best, that title doesn't get so many letters. I don't know why. But, uh, but let's get into into our seniors, let's talk. So you're a psychotherapist, a social worker. What does that mean? So what I do is um, therapy for women um, over 18. I have um, a larger group of geriatric clients, um, and I have an entire section of my business for seniors. So... Let's, let's first talk with a senior. So what are you doing as a psychotherapist, a social worker for seniors? What are you doing for them? So I do a lot of things for them. Unfortunately, because of COVID, I have, to, have had to put a lot on hold. Um, what I'm doing now is a lot of telehealth. Um, I do um, psychotherapy on video chat, on FaceTime, Zoom. Um, whatever platform people feel comfortable using. Um, And um, I also have been doing fall prevention classes um, that we were able to continue on because the weather was good. Um, But once the weather, because we did that outside with COVID, um, but since um, the weather got cold, we had to stop. So now we have to wait till the weather warms up again or people, enough people get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Soon, soon. <laughs> right. My mother right. told me that she just got her first uh, dose, which Good I know her. New York is doing better. She's in Muncie. 
I know New York is oh. doing better getting it out. Here, it's terrible. I, I don't know what's going on. No, here, no, it's really not that good here. It's not that good. I mean, we don't even have it yet. Um, yeah, so really, it's not that great here. Not so good there either. Hey, that's terrible. I wanted to back up a drop because I, I left myself a note. Um, it's an interesting field that you're in. How did you get into your field of, of work or expertise? So um, I wanted to be a social worker, and I checked out the different programs, and Columbia had an EAP, Employee Assistance Program, track because I wanted to go into um, corporate social work. So that was my, the first part of my career. I was in corporate social work. I worked for United Airlines as their in-house social worker for almost seven years. And then when September 11th happened, we were uh, all furloughed, or all of us were furloughed. So um, I, you know, when they wanted us to come back, I decided to stay home and raise my kids. Um, so I did that which was it's really my favorite job. <laughs> I did Lucky that for kids. like eight. Yeah, I was that's my favorite job really. <laughs> so um I did that for like eight years. Um and then I when I went back to work I decided to pursue the geriatric um track. So that's what's what I'm you know, I, I, I worked for um an adult daycare for my first job back. Um I don't know if you ever heard of Northern Metropolitan. Uh, it's a big chain all over. There's um, one in Muncie. On the, yeah, there's on one in Monty, right. Right, sure. so that's where I worked. I, that was my first job back into the workforce after um, raising my kids. And from then on, I just decided to stick with geriatric social work. Wow. You know, you were talking about you do Zoom and FaceTime. So, like, right. I, know, I know myself. If somebody wants to make a Zoom meeting with me, it's terrible. So I asked them to send me an invite because I, I tried. I am clueless. And I do not consider myself a senior, no matter what I look like. So um, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> thank you. So, so uh, when you're dealing with with the nursing homes and the patients, um, who helps them get onto those zooms? Unless they're just more talented than I am. No, it's not Zoom. They use their phones. We're on FaceTime. Oh, so that's not so bad. That we can all do. Yeah, no, it's 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 a FaceTime thing, but that's what we're doing. You know, oh, we just cool. use our iPhones. And if they have, I have also have an Android, so we can do um, WhatsApp video. Um, you know, there's Duo on the phone. So we're just, you know, there's a lot of different things we could do. Oh, good. As long as we keep it very simple for some of us that are not right. so talented. Keep it simple. Right. Of course. Exactly. I, I know. That's why I'm in a studio with a whole bunch of people behind the glass that are very talented. And all I have to do is sit down and talk. Anything else? Is not for me, but anyways. So let's uh, let's get into a little bit. So you, you touched on it. How COVID has affected your business? Um, has it affected it that you had to make a major change in how you do business? Um, are you not able to do business? What's happened over these last really nine, ten months already? So um, the major change that happened was meeting with people in person, and um, I have an office in New City. And I was meeting clients in that new city office. And then I was also doing home visits for seniors. So I would go to their homes and do therapy in their house. Or I would go to the assisted living and do group therapy there. Or adult daycare and do group therapy there. Or do um, the, the fall prevention classes on premises wherever we were. We're like all over Rockland County, New York. So um, 
all of that had to stop because we can't do in person. So that's why I found everything now on telehealth and uh, video chat. So, uh, and we're going to talk about it. But, you know, the best, of course, even in my field of work, look, I'm a teacher, so I'm in front of students all day long. We tried the, the phone conference, major disaster. And I meet people to fundraise, and now maybe they let you make a phone call. It, it's not the same. But in your line of work, um, are you really able to help them just through the, the teleconference? And is, are they losing out a tremendous amount by not actually seeing you, touching you, saying hello to you? Well, let, let me tell you, it really depends on their health. Um, if, um, if they have their vision and their hearing, then they are doing great. And they're fine with telehealth. They're fine with video chat. They're getting everything out of it that they need to. Um, of course, it's nicer for them if, you know, if you're in person with them, because then it's like a home visit, you know, and they have someone, you know, to talk to in person. And it's always nicer. But but in terms of the therapy, they're getting everything they need. Um, if somebody, um, like I have a 95-year-old client that is vision impaired and hearing impaired, so she cannot do that. She cannot do um, telehealth. So um, her family asked me if I could go meet with her outside um, and do therapy with her outdoors. So that's what I've been doing at assisted living. Um, that's a little bit more flexible of a place with, you know, their rules are a little bit more flexible. Um, I don't know if you know, but some of the assisted living places have rules of solitary confinement where they're not allowed out of their rooms at all. Yeah, the only know. time the only time they're allowed out of their room is if they have a doctor appointment. That's it. Otherwise, they have to each everybody stay in their room. So I think that's really like jail. But um, that's what they're doing. Some of these places. Um, but this particular place that I was going to is more flexible and more human. And so I was able to meet with her outside a couple of times a week and work with her, not just with therapy, but also doing cognitive stimulation sessions, which is very helpful to people that have dementia. Yeah. So that leads me in. And I, this is how I do know I was uh, sitting with a doctor and there's just a story locally here. So there's there's a lot of assisted living, um, almost like apartments and apartment buildings here in Detroit, right. Jewish apartments. And I was told, probably even Sukkot's time, that one of them is called, I believe, Prentice. And a whole wing was shut down because all those people, once they got locked up, like you said, put in jail, um, they ended up in nursing home facilities because the little bit of dementia they had which they could deal with, turned into full-blown dementia, and they oh. can't be assisted living anymore. So I, I, that's something I would like you to touch on, something that COVID has really affected our seniors by the way we've been trying to protect them. Right, so it's having an adverse effect. It's going the opposite direction that, that they want to be going. Like, people mean well, and they're trying to isolate seniors um, to protect them, but what's happening is that the emotional impact on them is actually destroying their health. And um, they're becoming depressed and anxious. They feel isolated. They feel lonely. And some of them are dying from the from the pain of it. So, I, I, again, just in your humble opinion, um, and I know people have been trying hard. Everybody's been trying to do the best. And that went out into politics. We don't want to discuss politics. But... 
and maybe hindsight or Monday morning quarterback, whichever one uh, you like to call it better. Um, what do you think is worse at the end of the day? Locking them up to keep them healthy, but having them have all the other issues? Or maybe, you know, finding a way to let people in and being a little looser, but at least um, cognitively, at least their brains can function, they can feel like people. Just how do you feel? What have you seen? Well, I mean, to me, it's like there's no question about it that it's much better for seniors to be out of isolation. Um, They should follow the rules just like us, wear a mask, wear gloves if they want to, uh, or just wash their hands a lot. Um, Social distancing, keep six feet, you know, like we do. Um, There's no reason to torture seniors. I mean, they really... You know, and also they're so scared that even if they're not in a nursing home or assisted living, they're isolating themselves. So there's there have been an isolation for a year already. You know, it started in March. Yeah. So it's like they haven't like barely left their house. You know, they're, they they go out of the house, you know, what to drive to Target, you know, because they ordered something online and they drive to Target and the person brings it out, the, the item out to them and they go home. You know, it's a. And that's their life right now. You know, I have a couple that I call. It's funny calling them a couple. Um, they're both over 90 years old. They have a house out in, I guess it's West Bloomfield. And I try to call them once a week. They're donors of, uh, of the school I represent. And I say, Dorothy, like, have you gotten out of your house? Have you opened the windows? You know, Rabbi, we might open the windows today. We're not sure. I might walk to the mailbox. They, they don't leave their house. I think her daughter drops off um, food. Maybe the daughter comes in, but, but they really don't get out. But maybe their kids talk to them more. But, but yeah, the people are really locked up, and it's terrible. It's terrible, and, and I find that the families of doctors— they don't let their family out of the house. Like the kids can go to school, but the wife and if there's, you know, parents like grandparents living with them, then they don't leave the house. They order in from all the supermarkets and from wherever they want to go. And that's it. They don't they don't even let them out. So the doctors are uh, they're more strict worse. because they the truth is they know more. And, you know, they know more about, you know, microorganisms, bacteria, whatever. And we're all ignorant and in denial so that we can go about our business and do whatever we want. But as long as we follow the masks and the gloves and, you know, the, the uh, social distancing rules. But the truth is the doctors really know, you know, the truth about what's going on. So they, they keep their families locked up, you know, but I, I don't think that you can live like that for a whole year. I think, you know, if you have to do it for a couple of months, then that's what you do. But after a while, you got to get out. So when they finally get all the vaccines out, is that going to make you busier or these are people that you won't be able to help anymore even? Um, well, I think that it'll make me busier because once we all get the vaccine, then we can go back in person and I'll be able to go back to all the other things that I do. You know, um, besides the, the therapy, I'll be able to do the fall prevention classes. I'll be able to do the in-person cognitive simulation sessions. I'll be able to, you know, do all, you know, the senior concierge services. I used to take people out. I'll, you know, I take seniors out. I take them out for lunch. I'll take them to the doctor, physical therapy. Um, 
I had my son working for me. He did that too. He took seniors out and they love him. Good. <laughs> so um, it, it, it's been like really wonderful, you know, to be able to do that, but it's, it's uh, everything's on hold now. Yeah. So once you already let in, um, let's talk about some of those things that you do. You keep mentioning these fall prevention and cognitive stimulation and ca- concert services and probably no one knows what you're talking about, but some people do know. But I, let, let's, oh. let's talk about them one at a time. So what is fall prevention? I keep thinking fall, the leaves falling down, but you don't mean anything about going out. No, know, I don't mean leaves. anything like that. Okay, so for fall prevention, what I mean is seniors fall and they break their hip, like too often. Okay? Why? They either they, they slip, they fall, and um, it happens a lot. Either they break their hip and wind up in the hospital or they crack their head open with stitches, you know, and in, in the hospital. Um, and so what I do is I partner with Stern Physical Therapy. They do the physical therapy um, in general, and um, I teach the class on fall prevention. So it's divided up into different sections um, in terms of teaching it. One of the, the way we begin the class is we have them talk about how they fell and share their stories and how, you know, the seniors will share with each other the stories of how they fell and what happened so that they can educate others and what not to do. And then I'll talk about the structure of their homes. Um, do they have grab bars in the bathroom? Do they have wall to wall carpet? Um, do they have night lights by the stairs? Um, we do like an assessment of their homes and, you know, um, to keep them safe that way. And then there's also um, other things like, what are they wearing? Like, are they wearing um, pants that are too long that they could trip over, a skirt that's too long that they could trip over? Um, I, when I worked in assisted living, one of the people that lived there, one of the residents, had really long clothing on, and she had, was walking with her walker, and the clothing got caught in the wheel and pulled her all the way forward till she fell on her face and broke her hip. So, you know, these are things that I could share with people to um, help reduce the vulnerability, you know, that they have of falling. And also we talk about like, what are their medical conditions? You know, so the medical conditions that they have, we have to make sure that they're getting enough vision um, care, enough, you know, make sure they can hear. Um, The medications that they're taking could make them off balance, make them dizzy, make them sleepy and fall. So we look at like all the different areas and we also make sure that, you know, we, we want to encourage them to wear a lifeline, which is a button sure. um, that they push if and, and then help will come if they do fall. You know, it's, it... So is this only for the seniors or do you want their children there, the ones that are going to be cleaning up the house and making sure things in the house? And, and I was, some of these seniors are going to tell them they can't wear long pants or they can't wear long skirts. But it's not like they're going shopping for new clothes all of a sudden. Right. Well, the, what we do uh, as a team, um, uh, Stern, uh, the Stern group and I, we go to senior centers. So like we are um, at a clubhouse, you know, senior clubhouses or we're at assisted living or wherever. So if the family happens to be there, they'll hear it. And if not, they're not going to hear it. So it, it's mostly to educate the seniors um, that are present in the class. Amazing. Okay, good. I, I, I love this because I learned so much stuff. I always like to learn. Stuff. Most of my questions are things that I'm curious. That's why if I repeat yeah, good, stuff, good. 
It's for That's me. how you learn. See? Curiosity well, is how you learn. That's it. That's how I teach my third graders. Okay, so then you talked about cognitive stimulation. What right. is that and how do you do it? Cognitive stimulation is um, like, for example, I'll sit down with, with um, a senior that has dementia and I will take conversation cards. They make these conversation cards. They're like huge cards with like big pictures and about 10 questions on each card. So the point of it is um, when you ask the questions and you show the pictures is to get them thinking and, and stimulate their minds. And um, that is good, you know, for their memory and their cognition. Um, so we do that. And then there's puzzles they can do um, for that. There's also like big picture books um, and activity books, um, anything that will keep their minds stimulated. So that's really what it is. So you told me a story. Remind me the story about the hat. What was that story? Oh, this is a great story. Um, so... I have a client that's 95 and um, she was living at home. And when COVID hit, um, she, before, actually it was before COVID hit, before COVID hit, she moved into assisted living. So during that period of time, I was not able to see her. And then um, COVID hit and I wasn't able to see her. So it, it wound, wound up to be like six months before I was able to see her again. So when I did see her, when I did go visit her, um, her, actually the family asked me if I could start going and meeting with her outside because they won't let me inside. So I went a couple of times. Um, well, my first time that I went to see her, she didn't recognize me. So that was devastating to me because um, for like a couple of years, I was taking her out twice a week to physical therapy, out to lunch, Dunkin' Donuts. You know, wherever, you know, she wanted to go, like we spent hours at a time together twice a week. So I'm like, how could she not? I know she has dementia, but it was like, oh, no, I can't. I can't accept this. I couldn't accept it. So I went home and I said, next time I go back, I'm going to work on this and I'm going to, you know, see what I could do to help her remember me. So there was a hat that I had bought while I was with her. Um, and I had included her in the purchase because I had said to her, I wanted to know her opinion. Like I said, oh, how do you like this hat? Do you like it on me? Um, and she's like, yeah, I really like it. It looks good on you. And I said, okay, so there was like a connection with the hat because she had been part of that purchase. So um, I bought that hat. So then the next time I went to see her, I brought the hat. I wore the hat. I wore the hat. And I said to her, how do you like my hat? You know, do you like my hat? Does it look familiar to you? You know, does, does it ring a bell? I mean, so um, she's staring at the hat and staring and staring. And guess what? She recognized the hat. She recognized me. And then she started asking me all about my kids, my husband. Um, do, do I still live in, you know, the same area? And she remembered every single thing about me and Amazing. my family. Amazing. You wouldn't so believe. I just want to, I'm sharing this story because it's so important for people not to give up on their family. I know that once, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's too late and they're, and they can't remember, but a lot of times you can help them draw their memory to get what you want out of them. <laughs> 
So I'm going to take that as you answering one of my last two questions of what you would leave us with, because that is a great message. And you probably have about, I don't know, 30, 35 seconds. Um, how can someone get in touch with you if they want to have oh. you help them or work with their family or work with their, their children? Okay, so there's a few different ways. One is you can Google my website. It's Senior Direct NY. You just Google Senior Direct NY for New York, obviously. Um, And um, you could also find me on um, Psychology Today, Find a Therapist. Just type in my name, Karen Redlick, Karen with a C. Um, And I'm also, you can look at my profile on that. And also I have a profile on LinkedIn. So we could uh, type on LinkedIn. Cool, and here Um, comes my music. Karen, this was so much fun. I learned so much. Thank you so much for joining. Have thank a great Chavez. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Okay, thank great. You so much. And the clock is ticking. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you to our wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you, of course, to our production team, David and Kelsey and everybody else in the back. I hope I've left you some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it.